Good morning. It's Tuesday, October 3rd. Mean Girls Day. How exciting. I wonder if I'll go on a whole rant about Mean Girls at the end of this episode. Dot, dot, dot. And now, the news. We start with some genuinely sad news. North Dakota State Senator Doug Larson, as well as his wife and two small children, died Sunday evening when the small plane Larson was piloting crashed on its way to Utah. The circumstances of the crash are currently unknown. Just an absolute tragedy. The search for Charlotte Cena, the nine-year-old girl who was abducted Saturday evening while camping in New York with her family, has finally come to an end. Hear how my voice went up in a positive way at the end as I continue on. So, spoiler alert. She was riding her bike around a loop in the park with family friends when she asked to do one last loop alone. There was only about a 15-minute gap between when she was with those family friends and when the family began to search for her, but in those 15 minutes, she was taken. The bike she was on was found on the loop. The park was closed while about 400 certified search and rescue personnel searched a span of 46 miles. Now, I had written most of that story through the lens of the search continues on Monday evening, but while I was writing this episode, news broke that she had been found and is, quote, in good health. And while this is still an active investigation, the suspect is in custody. This is breaking news, so not everything is known yet, but the most important thing here is Charlotte Cena has been found. Caitlin Kiriko and Drew Weissman were cited for contributing, quote, to the unprecedented rate of vaccine development during one of the greatest threats to human health on Monday, as they received the Nobel Prize in Medicine for their discoveries that enabled the mRNA COVID vaccines. That technology is now being studied to fight cancer and other diseases. Nerds! No, hey, no. I got my booster last Friday. This is great. Good for them. They fully deserve this. But um, listen, what? <laughs> they're, they're probably, I don't know them, but I can only assume they're probably nerds. It, lovingly. We love a nerd. I'm a nerd. But uh, I'm coming off of two really hard stories there. Give me a break. In a letter in response to the five cardinals asking the Pope about some pretty big ideas like, will you bless same-sex unions and can women be priests, the Pope acknowledged for the first time that people asking for blessings in a same-sex marriage could, in fact, have their union blessed on a case-by-case basis. It's baby steps, but still, it's better than calling love a sin, so um, a positive step forward. When it comes to lady priests, though, Apparently that one needs to be studied a little more. Who's to say what would happen if a lady were to be a priest, you know? Who's to say? <sighs> okay. Folks, it's time to meet your new U.S. Senator. Almost new U.S. Senator. She has not yet been sworn in, but she has been announced. LaFonza Butler, who was, up until this announcement, the president of Emily's List, that's a group that raises early campaign money for Democratic pro-abortion rights women so that they can run for office. The name is an acronym for early money is like yeast, as in it makes the dough rise. LaVonza Butler has been named as our next U.S. senator out of the state of California, filling Dianne Feinstein's seat. 
In addition to her work with Emily's List, she is also a former labor leader, which is very exciting. At 44 years old, she is more than 20 years younger than the average age in the Senate, which is 65.3. Um, fun fact, interesting fact, in the House, it's 57.9. As a reminder, Newsom did not want to name someone that was already running for the seat, which is why he didn't choose Barbara Lee, who many people were hoping that he would pick. After Newsom in 2021, pledged to name a black woman to the seat if it became open. That is a promise that he fulfilled with Butler, who will be just the third black woman in the Senate and the only black woman currently serving in the Senate. She is also the first LGBTQ senator from California. Butler will serve until the state votes on the seat next November, as she herself could run, but has not said whether or not she plans to do so. She probably wants to check out the office first see the views, feel the vibe of the room. Spoiler alert, the vibe is complicated. And now... Trump crime update time! Gotta keep you on your toes, though. This is not the last story in the episode. Normally, it is the last story of the episode, but not this time, because impossibly, there's another story to make fun of after this. But before I get there, Trump did, in fact, show up in court on Monday for the first day of his New York money crimes case. I don't really need to go beat by beat because it was what was expected. Trump inflated or deflated the value, including square footage, of various properties, depending on how it would best help him financially. And that is so obviously a crime. But here's something cool. Depending on how this goes, Trump could lose so much, including the ability to do business in New York, also his kids as well, his sons. Um, but he could lose his ability to do business, which is like his thing, besides um, all the other bad things are his things, just like doing crime and being bad. Uh, so he could lose his ability to do business. He could also lose control of properties like the Trump Tower in New York and a little place in Florida called Mar-a-Lago. Gotta hurt. This trial is expected to go into December. If he loses Mar-a-Lago and Trump Tower and just millions of dollars, what a Christmaka gift. So exciting. And then this is the story that I was like, this is the last story of the day, and it's going to be fun to make fun of him, but then news broke. But uh, let's go into this one. Matt Gates. <laughs> so we'll make fun of it. Matt Gates has kept his promise to make sure that the House cannot do any actual work as is the mission of this session's Republicans, and filed the promised motion to remove Kevin McCarthy from the speakership. Per Jake Sherman at Punchbowl News, after his speech, quote, the Democratic side of the House erupted in laughter as Gates left the floor. The leadership has two days to bring this to a vote, so we'll see how things go today and tomorrow. What's interesting here is that Gates thinks he's, like, so clever. But as a reminder... He was, and kind of still is, under investigation for sex trafficking a minor. Now, I think, just based on what the allegation is, the House should be really focused on it. But they're kind of just like, well, it's an open investigation. But he is under open investigation for that. If McCarthy keeps his speakership, in theory, McCarthy could turn around, reinvigorate that case, and then bring Gates's expulsion to a vote. I doubt he would. Because, you know, that dude is all jawline, no spine. But uh, what if, you know, congressional fan fiction is what that is. And that's fun. 
And finally, so much news broke while I was trying to write this episode and then do other things. But um, hey, this is the last story. The Supreme Court is back for the latest season of Raising My Blood Pressure and Erasing Our Rights. And while I firmly do not believe that this is a sign of how things will go this term, historical bad man Justice Thomas actually did something interesting and recused himself from a January 6th related case. It was a fairly minor one involving an appeal from former Trump lawyer John Eastman asking to not allow Chapman University, his prior employer, to hand over to the House January 6th committee emails that he sent from his account. The court did not side with Eastman, and also by the time the court got the case, it was basically pointless because the committee already had the emails, so it didn't really matter what Justice Thomas did, but he recused himself. Anyway, the Supreme Court is back, so if you happen to have any rights stored in your coat pockets or between the couch cushions, I'd run real quick and hide them in your mattress. And that's it. That's the news. I am not proud of Justice Thomas. I mean, duh, ever. But specifically in this recusal. Because let me tell you something. It's real easy to do the right thing when it doesn't matter. So this is unimpressive to me. Also, it's banned books week. Go read a banned book. There are currently, unfortunately, plenty to choose from. And of course, because it's Mean Girls Day, I'm proud of Uncle Steph. Traditionally, this is the day to celebrate the perfection that is Mean Girls, but what makes art perfect? Is it the writer? Well, it's Tina Fey, so yeah, of course. Also, Amy Poehler is in it, so immediately we love it, no questions asked. The truth is, this movie was already a 9 out of 10, but then, oh, then, then we get the cherry on top. Then that elevator takes you straight to the penthouse. That's right, because then we get the addition of one of our favorite Canadians... Steph Drummond. Happy Uncle Steph Day. But more than, I'm not going to say more than Steph, more than eating fruit at work. It's also eating fruit at work day. Because you're sweet. I'm proud of you.